Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back. Okay, this week's podcast is actually one of the lessons from the Q membership, June edition. So enjoy, and for those of you already in the membership, enjoy this little reminder. Hey everyone, welcome back. Okay, this week we're gonna talk about, um, I'm titled it Using Others for lack of a more uh, graceful name, but this has to do with when you watch other people or you want help from someone else over the weekend and you want their advice or their opinions and how to get that in a way that doesn't put you in that um, unsolicited advice camp Um, or you're not watching others to kind of obsess about them or to destroy your confidence. Rather, you're using it to build yourself up, okay? So let's start with watching others. You know, there's a I think we can get a lot out of watching others, but we have to be very careful about it. The biggest kind of at worst, biggest worst, is that a thing? I don't know. The biggest worst use of this to me is to sit at like a big event where like it's a really big class and watch everybody, you know, because you're at the end or something like that and you sit there and you watch everybody go. And to me, this can be really dangerous because then a lot gets stuck in our heads, right? We change our plan or we start to compare ourselves or we're like, why bother? I can't do as well as so-and-so did or, you know, all of these other things. And the truth is, is no one else has your dog. You know, you might find somebody who has a dog who runs a little like yours, but for the most part, it doesn't matter what venue you're competing at, you no one has your dog with your specific challenges. So watching someone else can only help you so much. Now, I love watching other people. I think it's not only fun, it's so informative. And so many times I will pick certain people to go watch at a trial because I either really enjoy watching them or really enjoy watching their handler or really watching their dog, or there is something I want to find out about a course or a run or a healing pattern or something that that dog can tell me, right? Everybody knows I run a big dog. So Watching a, you know, an eight inch dog is not going to help me learn an agility course, nor is watching an eight inch dog really going to help me that much in rally um, because they don't take up the same amount of space as a big dog does. So we have to be a little more, I don't know, get a little more in control about who we're watching, but why we're watching them. All right. Now, if you're watching a friend to cheer them on, there's no better reason. Okay. We, we all need cheerleaders. We all need someone in our corner to do that. But if you're just watching to watch, I would ask you why, you know, like if, I mean, and if you don't have anything better to do or you've already run or something like that and you're just killing time, great. That's an answer too. Um, but I really want you to be more cognizant of what you're picking up when you are watching, because we're always, 
our brains are always processing, right? So if we sit there and we watch this one part of the ring cause problems to handlers over and over again, then what is replaying? What is the movie essentially that we're replaying in our brain over and over again? So we don't really want that, right? So that's the other thing too, I would say, is if you're starting to watch a course and you are kind of just hanging out at the corner of the ring and you're just watching a bunch of people and you start to realize that you're starting to watch that corner, you know, having a lot of trouble, you know, walk away, like get up, walk away or turn your chair or, you know, turn your body a little bit so that you're just more on your phone or something like that. Just try not to put that in your head and instead go back to what is your plan? How did you visualize it? What is the picture you want to have in your head of it working out? And if you watched one of those dogs, replay that in your head like that. Oh yeah, they handled it really well. That's exactly how I I walked it. That's exactly how I planned for it. That's how I want to execute it. I'm going to channel my inner, you know, insert person here, my inner Gloria. (laughs) Okay. Um, That was what my mother called me when I was young. So I don't know why that's on my head. Uh, But anyway, you know, I'm going to watch my inner Gloria. I want to run it just like they did. Okay. Um, So that is a more constructive way to watch. At an agility trial, how I will watch the course, especially if I am not, you know, in one of the early classes, is I will watch the smaller dogs to learn the course, right? And to learn like which, where the direction, you know, which way am I going, da, 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 da. Because I don't like to walk in and walk through cold. I like to already know where I'm going. All right. But what's great about watching small dogs is rarely can they tell me any more than that. The striding's different. The things that they think are off course, the things that are going to cause them trouble are going to be very different than dogs with bigger strides period. (laughs) You know, now there's the rare smaller dog that runs like a big dog. Maybe you can watch that or something like that. But other than that, really, I'm just trying to learn the course. And I almost watch it like it's a completely, it's not even my core. You know, I mean, it is my course, but it's not right. It's, I'm going to just have such different challenges that it is really a different, it's, it's a different scenario. Similar to if I'm watching any in rally, which I quite frankly, I I rarely get a chance to, um, same with obedience. I rarely get a chance to, but sometimes they do group you by height. And sometimes you can watch in my case, the smaller dogs go first. And again, just learning the healing pattern. What I learned from watching bigger dogs, even in obedience and rally, as well as certainly in agility, as well as I can run watching them is how much, how are they taking up the space in the ring? right? For obedience and rally, especially like how much space is there? How much space is the judge leaving them? Are they crowding them? All of those kinds of things. Like, and what is it that I want to know? Do I care to know that in obedience and rally? Usually I just want to know the path. And in rally, sometimes I'll watch people if I'm curious about a sign, but I'll make sure I'm watching someone who I know knows the sign, right? Don't watch somebody who you're like, well, I don't know if they know it. I'm just going to do what they do because maybe that's not the best plan, okay? Back in agility, though, watching those bigger dogs is going to tell me more how my dog is going to run. Okay. And again, whether I have a slow dog or a big strided dog or a fast dog, you know, choose appropriately. And then throughout the weekend, I will definitely make a point to watch handlers that I want to be more like, that I think are smooth or elegant um, or whatever I'm working on, right? If, you know, and maybe I, I told the story many months ago about watching a handler who I 
admire. I know she does really well. I don't really know her very well. And I watched her get a perfectly good dog walk contact. Well, it wasn't perfectly good. It was a little high. And she stopped the dog and took him off. The judge didn't call it. She was in, but the dog was in with like a toenail or maybe a big fat toe. And that was about it. And she was like, nope, not good enough. And so she gave up that cue and walked her dog off. And I realized in watching that, that she gave me courage, permission to do the same thing, to really stick to my criteria and do the uncomfortable thing when I am trying to work toward a bigger goal. And, and of course she served as a great example because I've used it a few times in the, in the coming months since I saw her do that. Um, and by the way, she won at Westminster, so it was working for her. I don't even know if it was the same dog, but from a handler standpoint, like that is the criteria. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be a handler like that. Right. So definitely try to find people that, you know, after you're done watching for you or for the immediacy of your run for the day, then go watch a person or two that you just want to learn from emulate or a dog you want to watch or, or a dog you just enjoy watching or maybe even a dog that reminds you of your dog, um, you know, and hopefully your dog will be that in a couple years. You know, maybe this dog is a, is a little bit further along or something like that. So definitely watch for inspiration and motivation and think about the things you can learn. Um, I love to go first. <laughs> I love to, I always have, even as a kid, when I rode horses, I love to go first because I, I just want to walk in. I want to do my plan and I want to get out. I want to hopefully, hopefully set the tone for the class, but regardless, I don't want to watch a bunch of people. I don't want to get a bunch of other things in my head. And I have been like this, like literally since I was a teenager and people will be like, Oh, did you watch your class? Nope didn't watch. And I am a person who I won't even watch my own class after I'm already done and horse is already back in the barn. I still won't watch um, because it doesn't help me. Like, right. So if it's not helping me, I'm not watching. And truthfully for me, a lot of dog events are very boring. <laughs> you know, there's so much waiting. And so in that waiting, we have to be more mindful of what we put in our heads in that time in between right? Go listen to music, go for a walk, go eat in your car, you know, watching TikTok, you know, I mean, so be very mindful of what is in your head all day. Like I, I won't watch the news. I won't listen to news. I won't look at news during the day. No. Why would I do that? That could be negative. Like, why would I want that in my head? Right. I've gone to trials on Fridays and made the mistake of checking work email. No, <laughs> you know, figure out how to play hooky or check your email in between runs in a, a better way. Um, I've told a lot of clients to leave their phones in the car. Of course, my music now is on my phone, so I have to bring that device in because you know I love my music. But we have to be very mindful of what we allow in our heads, even in between our runs, because something can get stuck in there that we don't want. Okay. So let's talk about the other side of using people, okay? Now we're using them for inspiration in that first example, right? We're using them to understand how to run the course or we're using them just to learn the course or the pattern. Now let's talk about how to put them to work. So I love video, all right? I don't want you to obsess about video. I don't want you to obsess because I'm worried my truth is, is I'm worried you're going to just watch the bad parts. Okay. That's my fear. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to use them for good and for 
growth, but also to hold yourself up and see how far you've come and as a show of strength and pride, okay? But in order to do that, we have to get a buddy or someone to record for us or get a tripod, super, super cheap on Amazon. And the editing software is so getting so, so easy now if we just want to cut out a bunch of people, you know, hit it and let it run for five dogs, who cares? Um, So we can do that. Video is great. I love video. The other thing that is great is if you have a friend, a coach, a mentor, or someone that you you think their dog runs or they've made a comment that you think is interesting, ask them to watch, you know, live preferably so that they don't have to hold the video camera or whatever, or you're not holding the video camera in front of them um, later in the day. And just ask them to watch, ask them to see what they see or ask them to watch, you know, this one part of it or this one sequence. Or, you know, if you're in obedience, ask them to watch your figure eight or something because you're like, what can I do with my footwork? Is my footwork really that important in a figure eight? by the way, spoiler alert, it's, is your figure eight. Um, footwork is everything. Um, but you know, ask them to watch because when we invite people in, first of all, they love to be asked. Everybody loves to be asked for their opinion, but when we invite them for an opinion, especially if we can specify, especially, you know, a certain part of the course or a certain part of the pattern, Hey, especially, can you watch this corner? Cause I'm not sure of my plan. You know, then they get a lot more constructive, more compassionate, and they're less rude with their feedback. You know, even the person who's the nicest person doesn't mean to be rude. Sometimes it just plops out of their mouth. So, you know, by inviting people into that, sometimes you get better feedback than you would have if they just haphazardly, you know, gave it to you on their way by. All right. So you might want to invite certain people to watch. You might want to invite somebody to a video for you. You might invite somebody um, who's not even at the trial say, hey, can I send you a video after the trial? Um, Will you watch something for me? Can I get your opinion on something? There are a lot of more people that you can take advantage of than I think you are taking advantage of. Right. So often we'll unpack our runs with our friends over the weekends or something like that. But like, what if you could show that video to your instructor or, you know, show that video to someone who's trying to help you with stress on the start line or something like that. So think about how we can better use people um, who can help us and how we better watch courses and watch others and, and all of that to our benefit. Because I think right now we're going to the ring worried about having to be defensive and worrying about having to defend against comments and others and things like that. And we won't escape this conversation without talking about that. But so often that is in our heads. Instead of thinking with having some intention, hey, I'm going to look for somebody to help me today, or I'm going to look for like some help with this today, or maybe I'm going to get somebody to video me today so that someone else can look at this after the fact. Okay. Now, when it comes to the comments, when it comes to the unsolicited advice, when it comes to, you know, someone else maybe chiming in on your conversation that you got to have with this, someone you feedback you really wanted. Um, I, my favorite tactic is to think of some things ahead of time, especially if you know certain people are going to be there or something and are more likely to say something. The other thing, of course, because, you know, I have a very, very 
big genetic swath of smartassness, I guess, in my DNA. I do try to diffuse with humor. I do try to say something funny or haha or whatever to, um, to a comment that I didn't ask for. Um, but I, or sometimes I just say thanks and I just walk away. Or, you know, I just say, that's it. That's interesting. Um, let me take care of my dog. Thanks so much. You know, I'm glad you watched you know, thanks for watching, you know, someone, um, which doesn't necessarily have to be snarky, but it can mean that to you. Um, so have a few things kind of that you would like to say to people. And again, don't be mean. The world's too small. We don't need to like go there too. Um, but that just kind of shuts it down or just says, thanks, appreciate it, but not right now. Because sometimes, and I think this happens a lot, um, sometimes what gets to us is that we're not ready for any advice, plus good or bad. They could say that was the best run I've ever seen. And you just came out of the ring and you're like, I can't even hear you right now. I'm focused on my dog. I'm focused on the adrenaline. I'm really happy with the run. I'm on my way to jackpot. Did you say my name? I don't know what's going on right now. Like it's just, it catches us so off guard. We're not even ready to process nice things, you know, or what if we misinterpret something? Like it's a mess, right? You know, just think it through, right? So instead, you know, what if we said, hey, thanks, I'll come back and, and catch you later or something like that, or just say, hey, thanks or something so that we feel more prepared. Because in those moments when they just hit us, it feels vulnerable. Even getting good news somehow, strangely, feels vulnerable in that moment because we weren't ready for it. We weren't prepared for it. Our mind is 100% on our dogs in that moment. Um, we're dealing with something else and then someone is sort of interrupting us and it feels abrupt and it feels vulnerable. I mean, that's my word for it. And so we feel like we need this armor to defend against these comments all the time because, oh my God, they're going to hit me when I'm not expecting it is kind of some of the underlying. Because if I asked you three days later, well, what would you say to them today? You'd have this like witty retort, right? You would be like, oh, I know exactly what I would say to this person. Um, and But in the moment, it's hard. So I do like that. I do like just saying, hey, thanks, or I'm not sure I heard you. Let's chat later or something like that. I love the not sure I heard you and then leaving because it says to them, surely you didn't just say what I think you said you know, uh, or not sure I heard that correctly. Or I, I'm not sure I heard that correctly, because it sounded weird. Um, let's catch up later. <laughs> right? Like something like that. So, you know, use your journal, use some use this moment creatively to just list out some things. And the way I like to start this journal practice is by listing out the things I would never say. Okay, because it gets them out of your your heart, your clogged arteries, your whatever. It just frees them, right? It somehow frees them for your soul onto this piece of paper that no one will ever see but you. And you just get to get them out of your system and then come around to what you might say instead. And just a few lines, right? Just a few things. Okay, so in dealing with others, the hardest part is that immediacy, the vulnerability in the moment of being surprised, even being caught off guard. And then of course, if they say something really awful or hurtful, you know, the processing after the fact. And to me, the hardest part about that is leaving it until after the fact. I am a non-confrontational person. I will, I have hidden from someone in a bed, bath and beyond hundred percent did it, whatever. Um, and, um, 
it was a boss's wife, by the way, like who cares? But anyway, because I know you were curious. Um, but point is, is that's how non-confrontational I am. So I don't want to have a confrontation with someone, but I am going to have to process what happened and what I will do next time. And the hardest part for me is setting that aside for the day because I'm likely running another dog or have another class or something else is going on in my life. I can't just like drive home and, and let this person fill my head for the next two hours. So um, that part um, is harder and, you know, journaling about that or putting a note in your phone so that you can let it go in the moment, you're not going to forget. You know, that's one thing I've told myself a lot that really works, sort of tricks my brain. I don't know why. Um, I'll even do it if I'm trying to fall asleep and I can't get something out of my head. I'll be like, hey, brain, you're not going to forget. This is going to be there later in the morning, in two hours, whatever. You won't forget. But right now we've got other things to do. Okay? Okay thanks, right? And I've literally had that conversation and with that attitude, um, with my brain to try to say like, I know this is important. I know you're upset about this. I know this hurt or I know this bothered you, but we've got other things to do right now. I know we're not going to forget, so we can go unpack this later, but we can't do it right now. Okay. And for me, that helps. Okay. Um, for me, it helps set it aside and I'm promising myself that I'll do it later. And of course I always do because I didn't really like forget about it, but it helps me say, yeah, 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 you're right. We've got other things to prioritize right now. You're right. We need to be thinking. Okay. So um, those are some tips that I do have some great podcasts on that, which I think you have probably listened to, um, but we can go deeper on this. But in the meantime, I wanted to focus this lesson more on how we use people to our advantage and put them to work and use the feedback and switch the feedback around in a way that is useful to us because sometimes dog sports are very lonely and people aren't watching us or they aren't telling us what we're doing with our elbow or that we flung our hand out or we dropped our hand or we did whatever we did um, because we don't know that we did it. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. So um, if not video, a friend or, you know, getting some feedback from people. And in the meantime, make sure you are watching not only for mechanics, but for inspiration every once in a while. Okay, that's it for this weekend. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at theqcoach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.